Welcome to the Ford and Ford podcast. This series is to showcase and profile some of the interesting and wonderful people I have come to know over 20 years of being in financial services. We are a financial planning business that is proud of its personality and believe that this is key to forming long-standing relationships. In part two, John tells us about how he started as a hairdresser and the progression he has had to where he is now and how he has stayed motivated throughout lockdown. And a reminder that John occasionally uses a little bit of industrial language, so if you are offended easily, probably best not to listen. Into, into uh, so I, I'm, I'm from Belfast originally, and uh, so how did, sorry, what was the question again, Pete? How did I, when did I start? So I started when I was about 15. Uh, I left school then, basically, and was getting up to a lot of mischief. Uh, and it was just like, I remember my mum actually got me a job in this salon uh, through a friend of hers. And at the time I was thinking, fuck that, I'm not going to do hairdressing, that's <laughs> fucking what? And then I thought about it a bit more and I thought, yeah, well, I could get some money for a bit of weed and a few beers, so we'll go down that route. And that's initially how I got into it, Pete. Uh, and I was 15, so I kind of left school without doing any uh, O-levels, GCSEs, whatever they were back then, I don't even know. Uh, and then I kind of was like, I got into this, I started working in this shop in Belfast called Zach's. And interestingly enough, the guy that owns it is coming over at the weekend, Wally, right. that owned it back then. He's coming, he's still a really good friend. He's coming over to, meeting up with him and his kids live over here now but it was just a fun place man you know uh, yeah it was just you know there was two DJs that worked in it David Holmes and Ian McCready and they used to run the whole nightclub scene in Belfast yeah uh, and you know there was obviously a lot of partying went on <laughs> in and around that time I don't know if we talk about that on here uh, well, it's, it's up to you. Well, uh, you, 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 it was just a very fun time, let's just right. say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, I was kind of surrounded by, like, as a young boy, all these women. And I was just, you know, I could see from a very early age that, you know, you make a woman look beautiful and they're happy. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the key to it. I was just surrounded by women and loved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I get into hairdressing, if I'm honest, Pete. And obviously, I enjoyed it, and I wanted to get better at it. And then I moved to London, and I worked uh, for Tony and Guy for a couple of years. And that was really good. That's before they had franchised out and went really corporate. Yeah. So I was there at a really, really lucky time and worked with some amazing hairdressers who went on to be phenomenal, you know, in the industry. Uh, and they'd done a lot at their school and at, you know with their art team and stuff like that and that was really quite a poignant time but then it kind of started to fr- I mean I worked for them when they had 11 salons and we were all owned by the family yeah and, and they it, had the, the school in central London yeah, didn't they, 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 they yeah well I mean the world they're still there were, now, isn't it yeah I don't know I think it's maybe uh, a few of them have passed on recently in the last few years but yeah I think they do have the school still there uh, but in the, 
the dynamics of the family all kind of broke up and stuff. So I think the business has been diluted over the years. But it was a fantastic time to work there. It was hardcore and it was pure. Yeah. And I think they were one of the first kind of uh, hairdressing schools and education was such an important thing to them. Yeah. And I don't think anybody had really covered education in the way that they had. I guess they had started doing videos and books and things became a lot more visual. And there was a really good, uh, I guess they had a really good way of, instead of it being just like an old school school where you would go and learn how to do things, I guess they kind of brought that whole editorial, avant-garde show education thing all into one and made it presented it in a way that it had probably never been presented before yeah so i guess that's where the growth came from but yet again i think you know that's quite an interesting thing because people often say to me do you want to get more salons or do you want to do more of this or do you want to do more of that and you know i don't i only want to do what i want to do yeah you know building an empire is not really what i'm about but you know we are lucky that we have got a lot of nice really cool things going on so I guess it is a mini empire, but I don't want to go into that franchise, making money, turning loads over and having sleepless nights about worrying about having to hit targets. But you, you did have two shops at one time though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, so where was, so it was the other shop in Shoreditch? Yeah, it was. So you ran Shoreditch and Kingston? Yeah, so it was quite an interesting time because we had, uh, Shoreditch came about, a friend of mine literally phoned me up one day and went, listen, I'm moving to Hong Kong in two weeks and I'm giving up the shop, but I have three years lease, three years left in the lease. Uh, do you want it? And I said, yeah, Blake, I'll come up and have a look at it and we'll have a chat. And two weeks later, it was our shop, so we ripped it all apart. And Yeah, but at the time, Shoreditch had not really opened up or happened. It was kind of when the Blue Note was up there and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and it was still quite a bohemian area. I mean, when I lived up there, I lived in an old warehouse. Uh, and it was kind of, uh, we didn't even open the weekends up there, Pete. So I would work up there all week and then I would come down to Kingston at the weekends uh, and do Saturday in Kingston just to keep the connection between the both. But to be honest, warm me out after a while, you know. Uh, and it was just too much for the geographics of being between the two uh, locations. Yeah. I mean, I had great fun up there, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a time, but like all good things, it's got to come to an end, you know? I don't think I'd still be here if I had stayed around up there. So after your Tony and Guy days then? Yeah. What? Was that when you started the shop, or did something? No, uh, whatever. Yeah, I just kind of. Pete, I'll be honest, man. I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I was twenty-one. And I just kind of opened it. So was this was this the the shop in Kingston? Yeah, the first. first it yeah. was the first one. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I opened it on about five grand, and you know, I didn't run it as a business just somewhere to hang out and get high. Yeah, it was very different from yeah. what you're doing now, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I didn't even pay tax for the first few years, did I? I don't know. Did no, you I know? didn't. I didn't, because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I mean, I was young, I was naive, and, you know, 
and I think yeah, that was quite interesting because my brother moved back from the States and that's how he originally got involved with the business. He said, you can't run a business like that. And I went, well, I've been doing it for two or three years. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> but you learn, don't you? I yeah. mean, I was just cutting hair and having fun. Uh, but yeah, that kind of caught up with me. And I ended up having to, you know, look into my past and get sort straight. it all out. Yeah, get yeah. straight basically. Yeah. Which I'd never really done before. That was kind of the first grown up thing I'd done. That and passing my driving test, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a. How long were you in the, the, the little store before you moved next door? So to where you are now? So I, in 93, 94 we opened. So 94, where are we now? 21? I reckon we were in there 12 years, Pete. 10 yeah, to 12 yeah. years. I remember coming maybe in 10. there for a few years yeah. before you started. So maybe 10 or 12 years, yeah. And then that was a massive jump to go into the other one. I mean, the business had been going quite well at that stage. I'd given up shortage. But there was a heavy investment in that. And I think because we'd had the three shops, everything that I'd done wrong in the other shops, I wanted to get right in the one that we're in now. Yeah. For instance, the lighting, we put a lot into it. The fact that it's kind of a closed space at the back, because it was kind of how the old shop was. I don't know if you remember, but there was a separation. Yeah. So it's kind of like most hair salons, you're kind of in the window. We don't have that at all. Everything's out the back and private. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, I mean, with as much space at the front of the shop, which now we've kind of changed into a little more of a retail space, but it's still quite a luxurious lounging kind of area with a coffee machine and stuff you yeah know. but that for me is important because I think people come in and can relax in that before they actually you know it's quite a personal thing touching hair isn't it yeah touching hair cutting hair because it's one of the only you know there's not doctors touch people hairdressers touch people it is quite an intimate thing you know so I think for me it was really important to get the whole space right so moving from the little one into the big one, we really took our time and kind of, you know, wanted to make it exactly how we wanted it. As I say, even the lights at the back of the shop, you know, uh, they're all natural daylight, which is really important for the color work work we do in the salon. Yeah. Uh, the skylights, even I remember, uh, I was in uh, Argentina, uh, and I remember walking into this woman's clothes shop without realizing I was in it. All right, yeah. And I kind of thought, well, how did I end up in here? And it had a big concertina window that was on the floor. Uh, and I always thought, if I'm going to open a shop, I want concertina windows on it because it was just so inviting. I ended up in a woman's clothes shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so is that why the front of the shop opens up? Yeah, so that's why we have the front of the shop opening onto the street like that. Yeah. You know, and I think I've been lucky enough to travel a lot that you always pick things up. I think, you know, education for me has been travel. You know, I've learned to eat, I've learned to drink, I've learned to, you know, you, you learn things as you travel and that's, that's always been my way of educating myself. And I've been very lucky in the work that I do to have traveled loads of places and seen lots of different things and 
it's all those inspirations for me bringing them back into really what we do as a salon or as a shop or as a business or whatever so you must have not enjoyed this last 18 months then uh, in some ways I have and in some ways I haven't Pete I think uh, it's been really good for me to like slow myself down a bit and have a bit of mindfulness if I'm honest with you and really kind of you know I guess I've spent a bit more time on my own uh, it's made me think about what I'm doing with the businesses it's made me also think about what I'm not doing with them or what I don't want to be doing with them yeah. Have I enjoyed this time? Some of it I've enjoyed. Some of it I think has been really hard work. Uh, but interestingly enough, the fact that we are quite diverse in what we do, there's always been something that's kept me busy. Which is quite nice because of friends that weren't busy at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I have the studio where I make the products. Luckily, in one of the lockdowns, it was open. In the other one, I was able to pull all of the equipment from the studio and move it into the salon. So I was making products from the salon. We were still doing the online sales, which seemed to go through the roof because no one was able to shop. So there was diversity within it all, but I wasn't obviously mean people or talking to people or... or even just being out and about traveling. Yeah. Uh, and when I say traveling, I mean even in uh, London when we had the shop up in Soho. And that's interesting because I think... Uh, I don't know if it's, it's quite interesting looking at London now you know I think is London ever really going to come back to what it was with that whole culture of the scene and I don't know uh, it seems to me like a lot of people have actually went anti and went the other way with it I mean I've always been quite lucky because you know I live near the shop in Kingston and I'm close enough to it that I've always been outside of it. So for me, I've always had that happy medium. Uh, but your original question, did I enjoy lockdown? Was it hard for me? Yeah, it was hard. Uh, it was hard personally, I think, as well. Uh, I went through a lot of changes in my relationship and a lot of things like that. Um, and yeah, I did go from spending time with people all the time yeah. to being on my own. But that was quite nice, sitting with yourself for a while. <laughs> kind of get to know yourself, don't you? Yes. In yes. a strange way. But I think it does, when you, when you are on your own, I think it's, it is, um, it's quite a nice reminder that you do actually need the company of other people. Or, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I think if you were to do it all the time, you'd go mad, wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's about striking that balance, and I think that's one thing that I've taken away from it. I'm enjoying a little bit more time on my own. I'm making more time for myself. I mean, for me, it's really interesting because I try to... I love the mornings, Pete. I'm up early, and I've been, you know, I've been trying to get up before the sun comes up. Obviously, the clock's changed this weekend, but the last few weeks when it was really dark, I would be up. So I enjoy that time in the morning, you know. You got into exercising, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Are you still yeah, I am. hitting the gym? I am, just about to do my first yoga class next week, which will be quite interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I've been going to the gym three times a week, and that's been really quite good. 
as you can see, I've lost quite a bit of weight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, all that's good because as I say, you know, instead of chasing your tail all the time, it gave me time to reflect on myself, you know, on my lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that was really nice for me. Yeah. Motorbike as well, you started a... Yeah, a did project. I'm yeah. still kind of working through it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's another thing, you know. It's interesting because all those... I don't know, I kind of like... I think the older you get, you know... The motorbikes, for instance, Pete. I mean, we, uh, you know, it's a passion of three now, as you know. But they're all old vintage Harleys. And I guess they're kind of investments. Yeah. They're investments in, like, what I enjoy and me. But they also kind of, you know, I'll never lose money on them. So I think, you know, it's kind of interesting that you can have hobbies if you're smart about it. That you can potentially, you know, if if I ever really got in a pickle, I could sell a motorbike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sort things out. But in the meantime, I've got some money in a really nice project, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, I've nearly finished restoring the 1938 one. Uh, and it's going to be pretty special when it's finished, you know. Uh, and I'm near the end of it, so I've kind of been working on that over the last year. Uh, the other two are kind of up and running. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they're great fun. I don't know what I can say about those. I mean, they're, they're kind of meditation for me, riding those. Yeah. Because you just don't think about anything else. You can't. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a pretty... I wouldn't say it's a scary thing, but it's a pretty uh, intense thing riding the motorbike and it's you and kind of the elements and what's around you. You can't, you know, there's no room to think about anything else. It's life or death, isn't it? Especially <laughs> in the older ones, <laughs> which I quite enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine they they handle as well. Well, I guess, yeah, it's getting used to it, isn't it? Yeah. It's getting used to it, Pete. You know, they don't handle as well, obviously, as a new motorbike or whatever, but they do, you know, it's a, that's all part of the fun of it. And they're breaking down and working out how to fix him and just, you know, I think it's taking your time, isn't it? Uh, it's really interesting because I couldn't get it started the other day and I, my dad was over and he was like, how the fuck do you put up with this? <laughs> I mean, that's all the fun of it, working out. Was, you know, it took me 20 minutes, but I got it going. Yeah. But that's the whole fun of it. Whereas he loves the aesthetic of it and the look of it, he was like, that's amazing. But for me, it's more just about the potter and with it and taking that time and slowing down a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. And also looking great on them, you know. Well, you do. We try, Pete. We try. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the thing that you couldn't do as much of was the editorial work. Yeah. And so what were you doing before then? Um, you know, what, what's, uh, what was the sort of typical editorial stuff that you were doing and I guess a year before lockdown we'd done maybe trips to uh, we'd done one trip to Cambodia where we shot an editorial for Esquire magazine uh, we also shot one in Oman uh, which was really great as well done one in Ireland with Dominic West for Esquire as well we've done a lot of more work with Mark Ronson wasn't I Mm -hmm. uh, prior to all that as well but as I say all of that kind of stuff well there's all sorts of stuff 
I was up to, but there was a lot of travel with that. And it was all kind of fun, but it's slowed down a bit. And I'm hoping that slowly by slowly but surely it'll all start picking up. But I think things have changed and how people work have changed. How uh, so? Well, I think, you know, me and Kat, we're actually talking about it. You know, it used to be like, a lot more editorial based where now we were talking and it's went nearly a bit more portrait based or you know there was a lot of magazines that for instance in the lockdown had changed nearly like graphics work uh, and people like Matt friend of ours who's an illustrationist he became really busy yeah illustrationist is that the right word illustrator illustrator <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, you know, like anything, things change. Yeah. And it's kind of being diverse within it, you know. Uh, and it, it, without really uh, thinking about it, it should be quite interesting to see how the book turns out from that point of view. Because, I mean, it's a complete vanity project for us. Yeah. But most of our projects are. But I think, you know, as you were saying, it's nice to just sort of produce something beautiful for the sake of doing it yeah but then but I think normally yeah. when you do do that things come off the back of it yeah it's like um, it's the, it's like the uh, uh, back in the, the day when tool makers they would make like a little uh, they'd make little tools to show to show the, the things that they can do and yeah carpenters would make little tiny cabinets yeah. to, to be able to demonstrate this is what we do, we do. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's always good to have something creative going on as well. Yeah, I think you know that is so important. Uh, and I think a lot of people maybe don't have the luxury of it because they are worried about paying the bills. But also, I think people think they maybe don't think quite that big as well 